0: What's up guys? Welcome to the Social Bamboo Podcast, teaching only the fastest and most sustainable social media growth strategies out there. I'm your host, Derek Vidal. And on today's episode, we are talking about how you can sustain your e-commerce business, whether you already have one or you are looking to start one in the following year. Uh, I'm going to give you some tips and some opportunities that I see out there. And these are episodes that a lot of people in my position actually don't want to put out, they don't want to put out too many, like here's some hot businesses to start because there's a good chance they're looking at those uh, themselves as well. So uh, I am kind of looking at doing some of these things that I'm going to talk about today, um, but uh, I'm going to talk about three advantages that you can have going into 2022 that will really make your e-commerce business a lot easier to uh, to uphold. And uh, just to let you know, if the audio is a little unclear today, I'm actually on my sister's farm right now. I had recorded uh, a bunch of video content for a, a series. I'm doing a two-part series on how to start and grow a podcast. And that was supposed to come out this week. It was supposed to come out last week, actually. And uh, I'm still working on it. I really just want to make sure the video has all of the recordings and tutorials and such like that that you would need in order to make it just as easy as possible for you and I got to record a little bit more so once I get home then I will record the rest of that but I am recording this outside in a barn today so hopefully the background noise is mostly clear I'll do my best uh, to remove that for you and if you hear some goats uh, don't be shocked so let's go ahead and go into three secrets to crush e-commerce in 2022. And really these things can be done at all times. And they've always been a thing. Um, but these are just the ways to really protect yourself in the current e-commerce landscape, which is, you know, pretty saturated. Um, so the first thing that you're going to, the first, uh, suggestion that I'd make is looking at making a yearly trend e-commerce business. And this is largely, uh, down talked actually. And the reason why I'm saying it's actually a good idea is because it's been so de-promoted over the last few years because people say build a brand, right? So rather than building an e- e-commerce store for like fidget spinners and just making a quick buck until the world doesn't care about fidget spinners anymore, just start a clothing company, start in your art business, start uh, you know, a golf business where you're selling all the little knickknacks in the golf industry and just stay with one brand and sell all the products in that market so that you don't have to pivot companies all the time. You don't always have to be looking for new products. And that is so perfect in an ideal world. Um, and it's very difficult to do in a saturated e-commerce world where you pick one brand, You build your Instagram, you build a YouTube presence, you build all the social media around it, an email list around it, you build your store around it, and all you do is just constantly improve that business. And when everyone is doing something is when you want to consider, wait, what was the alternate before, which is, you know, as I just put it, like a yearly trends e-commerce business. So for an example, the other day I was scrolling on Instagram and I see this ad for retractable vampire teeth. And there's these teeth that you put in your mouth, and then, like, you can press the roof of your mouth with your tongue and make the vampire teeth come out. And it was pretty cool, and I, like, saw the ad one time, and then I, like, went through the checkout process. I almost bought it. I didn't buy it, but I was like, dang, I need a Halloween uh costume. I, I'd never have one. Like, I always buy a Halloween costume, like, the day of, and it's usually pretty crappy. So I was like, oh, I could, like, get this in advance. And, uh you know, I probably would have gone through checkout if the shipping time was a little bit quicker, um, and I also wasn't fully sold on being a vampire yet, but I was just like, well, these are pretty cool teeth and you know, that's not a business they can run year long, but it also is not a business that takes much time to set up. They're not worried about building an Instagram presence and email list and all that kind of stuff. They're really just focused on building a funnel with a product that is going to sell really well in this season, right? They're making like a spirit of Halloween store essentially. And they're not, they're not even making a store. They're just selling the vampire teeth. They were just selling quantities of this vampire teeth. The only upsell was just more quantities of it. So they did a single product seasonal store where they're just doing an upsell funnel. And Then they ran aggressive Facebook ads to it. And, um, you know, it's, it's such a hit or miss business, but, uh, I would not recommend this, let me start there, for those of you who already have a business that you want to do and you're focused on that, um, unless you want to just take a quick pause and say, I need more experience in funnels and ads, then I I wouldn't, you know, I would just stay on the path that you're on. But I know a lot of you are looking for new business ideas. And for those of you that have really crushed e-commerce and you can throw up a funnel in a day and you can write, you know, multiple different, add angles in a couple days, get those going, you know exactly how Facebook ads already works, then like this is easier for you to just kind of do like throughout the year and just, you know, what, I'm going to sell this and and like literally get it set up, you know, in under a week and have it perform well. And this is something that, you know, I probably will be doing uh, into this next year. And I'm thinking of making a series out of it too where you'll watch me do it essentially from, Start to finish, where I'll be like, "All right, this is what we're gonna sell." Like it's Fourth of July coming up, or we got, you know, at the beginning of the year, everyone's trying to work out. We're gonna sell that that new fitness thing, and just um, just make marketing around like a certain product. And it might be a little bit late to do it for this Christmas, but obviously that would be like the best time of year to do it. Um, and the reason why is just because like the major disadvantage to this type of e-commerce is that you're going to be drop shipping. So just like I said with the vampire teeth, like the shipping time was a while because if you're going to be starting these just like random yearly trend businesses, you're probably not going to be buying a large uh, supply of inventory and then moving it to your country <clears throat> so that you can reduce shipping times. So it's probably going to be shipping right from China. It's probably not going to be branded, which really doesn't matter because you're not even building a brand. You're like, they won't even know what company they bought it from, <laughs> likely. It's just going to be a very simple Shopify store or funnel made in click funnels likely that you would do this with and you're just kind of getting the sale and you're like peace out and you don't really even care later or you could say maybe this is something that i try to run every single year so then you do you know grab emails and you let them know and that you're uh you know back on sale again or whatever so you know obviously you can go anywhere in between with this being a brand that you keep long term versus just a like turn and burn company i guess if you will um, but it's a great idea too for those of you who are really wanting to get. Uh, to, you're like, I want to make money quick, right? Uh, so it's not quick. Uh, I mean, it, it it could it could be if it plays out for you. It really could be a quick way to earn money. Um, there's a lot of people that find trending products on TikTok and then create the TikTok ads around them. So maybe it's not even geared for Facebook. You just say like, what do uh, you know, younger kids or like, we'll say like 18 to 25 really want right now like what 18 to 25 year olds really want for christmas this year now i'm gonna go find that and i'm gonna create ads just for them and then put them on TikTok. and the goal of this company is just to sell as many of this product that we can this year and i think it's great uh, for a lot of you to look at doing this because your offers like maybe you're doing like an art store or something like that it's you're not able to like run aggressive ads to what you're doing um you're more of a slower building business and you're finding people who like your art over time and it can be a slower build unless you run really aggressive ads um but this kind of business you can more comfortably run aggressive ads because it's like yeah who doesn't want to buy this during the holidays like you're you're just selling stuff you're like, what's super easy to sell? It's not based around your passion project. It is kind of what I'm saying. When you base your business around your passion project and then subject to grow, you know, however fast it, it you work on it and however long it takes you to really find, you know, what art or fashion you need to create or whatever products you're trying to invent and you're more guessing, right? But if you're like, all right, what do people already buy for sure around this time of year? And then how can I create a marketing campaign around it? put in front of my ideal customers, be aggressive with the ad spend and then create like a funnel around it. And all we're doing is just sales. Like you are just a sales focused company. You're not really building a brand at all. You're just like, where's the customers? Where's the money flowing? And I'm just going to take a chunk of that. And it's a good way to just instantly get you sales and marketing skills, uh, rather than building a brand organically, so it's just kind of a, a trade-off of, all right, it's not my passion project, but it's a way to make money, um, but it also is a great thing to do just for gaining these types of skills. So that's the first secret to crush e-commerce is you could potentially just look at yearly trends, and you can even do this within your own brand too. Like, all right, well, what's like a yearly trend within my brand, right? Like a lot of companies were like, all right, we're going to do like our version of face masks uh, during COVID to name a more obvious thing. But if there's something that's hot in your business right now um, and you're just like, look, we just let's say sales right now, what are people buying? And let's just focus on that rather than what do we want to make or what do we want to be known for, you know, just kind of <laughs> look at where's the money flowing. Uh so the second thing we're going to talk about is having a supplier advantage. This is easier said than done, um, but it's good to know about it just because if you know that having a supplier advantage gives you a massive advantage for longevity with your e-commerce business. And it's good to, uh, you know, always be pursuing where you could find these deals or thinking about what relationships do you already have? So on Amazon, there, uh, Amazon FBA, the reason why a lot of stores eventually close down is because the Chinese manufacturer that they are buying from chooses to list in, you know, America or Australia or whatever, uh, Amazon store, like, uh, yeah, the Amazon store that they are selling at. And obviously they can undercut them. So it's like literally like I'm buying these little knickknacks from China for five bucks and I'm selling them for 10. And then they who gets them for a dollar fifty decide to sell on the same Amazon store against me, right? Even though I'm the one buying from them, they are now selling against me in that same store, and because they get it so much cheaper, their margins are protected. They can spend more on advertising before getting a sale. Now, there still is kind of advantage where you're the one writing the listing for your own country, because I actually did have this same thing happen where the Chinese sellers came over, but we were able to still last for a while because we sold our product for much more, So then it just naturally created a perception of it was the quality product. And then we wrote the listing a lot better. So you oftentimes can still write the listing a lot better than these Chinese manufacturers who come over and they're just trying to throw it on, you know, America's uh, store, mostly because they're not also, you know, marketers. They're not online marketers. They're just like working in the manufacturing. They're like, here, just like throw it on there and just kind of type some basics about it. They're not really writing it. Uh, you know, with the American consumer in mind, and they probably don't understand your product as well as you do. They're, you know, even though they're manufacturing it, um, that's not necessarily their job to understand the market. Um, so you can usually write a much better listing than them, and then you can brand it, and you should definitely not play the price game with them. Obviously, you can't win on the lower the price game. So you want to take the opposite approach. If you're not, if you don't have the supplier advantage, you'll want to price significantly higher just to create an allure that your product is better. Um, And I was able to last for a while, just like to throw some numbers out. There was a product we were selling that we were buying for like three bucks. Who knows what the Chinese sellers were actually getting it for, but we would sell it for like 16 on Amazon. And the manufacturers that we were like buying from were also selling on Amazon and they would sell it for like eight, right? So like a lot of people would be like, it looks like the same product and they would take the $8 option. But then plenty of people would see our listing which looked a lot better and they'd be like, I don't know why it's 16, but it probably makes sense. And we actually did a lot more sales, uh, quantity of sales as well, um, despite being the more expensive product. But <laughs> to my main point that I'm trying to make here is that if you do have the supplier advantage too, then you're really protected, not to say that you should now that we have the supplier advantage, we should play the price game and price ourselves you know as low as possible. That's not as much what I'm saying is that when you have the supplier advantage in your market and then you you price it effectively, uh, then you're really protected for staying there. Otherwise, a lot of people eventually leave Amazon just because you know basically we yeah, had just so many other Chinese manufacturers of these products just list on Amazon. That it just got kind of drowned out. The the PPC got more and more expensive. If you know how Amazon works, you know just basically it's all bidding wars and advertising. So there's more people advertising on those keyword searches. So it just got more expensive, and the margins just got thinner and thinner uh, to the point where it was just not even worth the time to sustain some of those cheaper products that we were selling on Amazon. And that's kind of what happens um, now. I will also quickly say that when that happens, what does that mean? It means that a lot of opportunities just got created, too. So when you hear, like, everyone's leaving Amazon, that means it might be a good time to look at it again. So I'm going to do an episode coming up soon of whether testing whether or not your products should be sold on Amazon FBA or not. I'm going to be going over all the fees over that and how to do your math to figure out if it would make sense for you to list your product on Amazon FBA. So... Be sure to subscribe if you want to hear that episode coming up. And, um, yeah, so, you know, that's kind of where the trend is going. A lot of people are leaving just because their own suppliers, um, are competing against them. So, how does this pertain to you? I mean, first off, consult what relationships do I have that, you know, already that could maybe give me some kind of supplier advantage and some kind of means of e-commerce. For most of you, that answer is going to be none. Um, but it means that you really need to focus on building relationships with your suppliers over time. It means that you should look for, once you have a product that's selling really well in your country, then maybe you can create a contract with the manufacturer where you are the sole distributor in your country. That's a, a deal that can be made and um, basically you just commit to buying certain amounts and you just kind of get something in writing and you're basically just trying to create some kind of advantage where you always have a cheaper buy price and that will make it so that even if someone comes in and markets as well as you, you can still beat them on one of the you know most important metrics, which is like the cost of goods sold. So it just gives you a significant advantage for uh, lasting in e-commerce. Third thing we're going to be talking about, as I kind of just alluded to, is you just need a marketing advantage. So the third opportunity is to find things that are already selling that you feel like you can market better than them. Because there's actually way more play for uh, the cost of advertising per sale than there is for the cost of goods per sale. Like if you're getting a $3 product and then you can build an awesome relationship and get it down to two forty. dollars That's great, but it still is only 60 cents per product. If you can get really good at advertising and rather than it costing $10 of advertising to make a sale and you can get that down to eight or seven, you know, there's a significant amount of more money to be potentially saved. And a marketing advantage will always trump these other two things completely too. Because if you don't market your product the best, then the price point, the quality of the product, the shipping time, every little thing doesn't really matter if you can't emotionally engage people to buy the product in the first place. Having a marketing advantage is always the biggest advantage because when you can sell it and make people actually wanna buy it, they're not concerned about is it the best deal or not. Like a lot of times in advertising, the way to get your cost down is to make it so they have to see your ad less times before they buy. And that's how I knew like the yearly trend thing is like can honestly be a really good idea because I only needed to see that vampire fang ad one time before I was pretty much done with checkout. And if I see the ad one more time, there's a pretty good chance I'll just do it because I have no idea what to be for Halloween. But when you are selling something like that, especially when it's time sensitive, like, oh, well, I need it for Halloween. I got to make the decision right now. It makes it so I have to see the ad way less times than if it was just like shirts, right? A lot of like clothing that I eventually buy on Instagram, I need to see the ad so many times before I buy. But that's just them doing better and better marketing. If it takes five times for someone to see your ad before they have buy versus 10 times, you are cutting your advertising spend per sale in half right there, right? Your, your ROAS, there's so many different ways that I could say it. Your ACoS, your ROI, just, you know, the profitability um, of how much advertising it costs to get a sale is just dramatically down. So the biggest number you'll ever have on your advantage is getting down your advertising cost of sale. So that comes from being a great marketer. And then that also comes from, uh, having a better offer, so not just the ads, but do you package your offer in a way that not only makes so much sense to the customer that they quickly buy it, but also gives you a good chunk of profit, and then do you have a sales process on your website that leads to them adding more products, upsells, and um, and coming back for more, right? So like their lifetime customer value. Basically, everything that I'm talking about with this marketing advantage would be Increasing your traffic, just the amount of people coming to your website in the first place. Increasing your conversions through a means of so many different things that you can do to do that, which is just why I love being an online marketer so much. There's just so many things that you can do at any time to improve your results. It's so fun. And then the other thing would be increasing your average cart value. So you know, are we making sure that everyone who buys is buying the maximum amount possible per sale? That's the next number. And then the fourth number would be your lifetime customer value. Um, so are we making sure that these people are coming back and buying again and again? And if you just focus on those four numbers with your marketing, really just if you focus on how do I increase traffic, how do I increase conversions, how do I increase average cart value, or how do I increase lifetime customer value, and you'll be in good shape. And having that kind of marketing advantage is how you can sustain an e-commerce business long term because whoever can spend the most to acquire a customer wins. That's the point I'm gonna end on here. Whoever can acquire the most to, whoever can spend the most to acquire a customer wins. Now that does not mean the company with the most amount of money, which is what I first thought it meant when I heard it. It means that if, you and i are both running companies where we are selling tractors and i'm looking at a tractor right now uh and i can spend a thousand dollars on advertising to acquire a customer and still be profitable but your company can only spend 500 dollars on advertising to acquire a customer while still being profitable it will mean that i can just show up that many more times it just means that i can afford the ads way longer than you. That wherever we're advertising, if new people come in and advertise and jack up the advertising costs, then you will be the one to pull your ads first. Because once they're unprofitable, you're probably just gonna pull them, right? Unless you can do other fixes to those four things that we talked about to make it so that you can spend more to acquire those customers. Otherwise, you can no longer profitably advertise. So if you keep advertising, Great, you're going to just run yourself out of business. Go for it. Uh, but otherwise, you just have to turn off the ads, which means that you lose that entire sales channel. So when you can spend the most to acquire a customer, uh, because your sales process has, you know, your products on the logistics side are set up to acquire the most profit, as well as your marketing is set up in order to acquire the most profit, then that's when you can sustain your business for the long term. Now, if you need help with this third thing here, creating a marketing advantage, that is what my program does. It's called Marketing Mastery. We meet once a week and talk about your business and improve your marketing until you have working offers, working ads, and a well-oiled machine, really. So, assuming you've got products in place, you got a basic website going, but you just need the marketing tweaked to give you that advantage, um, you can go ahead and book a free phone call with me and we'll talk just to see if I would be able to help you If so, I'll let you know how the marketing mastery program works. Um, Otherwise, I'll just give you some great ideas. So feel free to take me up on that. And I will see you guys soon for how to start and grow a podcast. See you later.